Welcome to this week's episode of From the Lighthouse. This week, international students enrolled in Masters of Creative Writing at Macquarie University will be taking the studios. I hope you enjoy. Okay, hello, my name is Jonathan. People call me Jono here in Australia. I'm from Singapore, and what I like to write, honestly, I like to read a lot more than I like to write, but because um, I'm inspired by like a whole lot of different stuff, like I think Netflix, a lot of different uh, poetry, a lot of more, more online sources than traditional sources, if I'm really honest. My name is Nifemi, Nifemi Maxwell, and... Like Jonathan, I think I like to read more than I like to write because, uh-huh. like, you just get this, like, you're getting refilled every time you read something, and every time you're writing, you're pouring out, and you know, reading is much more like important to me because what would you write about? Like, what would you write about if you don't read? Right. Exactly. So I like to write about gender stuff, like patriarchal society and the injustice in you know that girl children the girl child faces and yes pretty much women's sexuality and all of that uh, hi everyone I'm 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 Kuni come from China and uh, I joined this class because it is my exchange uh, semester and uh, I really want to uh, write something uh, and um, in writing and because my major is uh, literature but sometimes I just focus on academic writing but not this kind of uh, writing just write what kind of things you would like to write and uh, uh, well for my writing period I suppose I focus more on uh, more uh, photo text I love uh, uh, just uh, insert a lot of uh, illustration and images into my uh, writing and uh, uh, I also love uh, uh, taking photos so I really love the combination of the two part and uh, uh, yeah and that's that is something about me. You know, actually, I think um, I listen to a lot more stuff than I do like reading. Um, I particularly am an avid listener of podcasts, such as <laughs> what we're doing right now. So, I mean, this is not my first time. I, this is my postgraduate degree. I'm doing creative writing, but my undergrad was in radio and podcasting. Incidentally, that's what I'm going for as Halloween, where I just talk for like 30 minutes and everyone's just going to ignore me. Uh, yeah, and... See, I think that did, that did, probably did not go off as well. Usually, that would in, in, like incite a joke, and then stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Hence, there's no laughter right now. Maybe we'll insert one. We'll do it in post. But um, <laughs> there you go. And I, that's it. I listen to a lot of po- uh, stand-up comedy as well. So I think that inf- informs a lot of the way I speak and a lot of the way that I write as well. Uh, in terms of building confidence, I do part-time uh, on community radio down at 2SER 107.3. And a lot of stories is um, based on popular culture, but I think with an angle, an alternative angle that's not exactly uh, looked at simply because um, community radio, at least in Australia, serves to um, service a community not adequately um, served by national radio, like um Triple J or commercial radio like Nova, uh, hence community stations that work to like I think help the I guess the LGBT community or maybe the Aboriginal community, just communities that are not adequately represented. And I think 
in, that, that's pretty much what we are here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the common thing among all three of us, I'm from Singapore, Nifemi, you're from... Nigeria. And Kenny, you're from... China. We're all international students. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think in purpose of... Hang on, my screen has hung on me. <laughs> uh, the purpose of why we write what we write. Mm-hmm. Um, let me explain a bit more about that. Why we write what we write? Like, I think for me, writing is not just for pleasure. Like, while people write out of, you know, writing is something you just enjoy doing. I feel like writing is the only voice I have, like, apart from speaking. And anybody in any part of the world can pick up your book or your article and read it and get to know what you're saying. And that's why I don't take the skill lightly. Like every time I want to write something, I want to make sure I'm passing a message across something. I'm defying societal standards by what my characters do. Um, using my voice to, you know, say the appropriate things. So and in my culture, it's basically like male dominant. You see that everybody believes the woman is like is should be objectified or is just no more than an object of sexual gratification and women are not supposed to be promiscuous not that promiscuity is a good thing but that men can be sexual beings in like the way they want to be and women have to be confined and virtuous so when you hear the word virginity your mind is immediately picturing a woman and the beautiful thing about the word is it's not gender specific so i wonder why you know we have the virgin mary and we don't have the virgin john or the virgin matthias and all of that so i'm just really trying to break societal you know conventions and norms and just you know any girl anywhere in the world can pick up my book and discover that she can be anything she wants to be she doesn't have to be classified by her gender and you know just demystifying our gendered minds to what we're used to how about you Kim? Uh, yeah, I, I really agree with uh, Nebimis and uh, it's just uh, uh, his sad, uh, she said that she is really uh, interested in uh, writing because writing is a way to expression, uh, right. just uh, yeah. uh, it, it is a special voice, voice from you and uh, actually I, I really, really um, yeah, enjoy to take part in this class uh, it's because that during this class I can uh, and read different uh, essays from different uh, person, and uh, I, I really um, enjoy to say their viewpoints to uh, look at the world. Actually, sometimes when, when we just uh, from a certain culture, and uh, when we in this culture, we often um, don't say something. We often blind with something. Though we all exposed in the uh, world, but sometimes sometimes because of our own background and our own um, culture we will be blended to say a lot of things so mm-hmm. uh, it is a really interesting ways to read the people from other cultures uh, their talk and their conversation it just uh, uh, like sometimes you um, view the word you didn't uh, notice but it really exists and uh, uh, you, you 
feel that you need to pay much uh, attention about the uh, whole the globalization, not just uh, a certain part of uh, your home or your uh, country and your culture. So it is um, um, really a colorful word, and uh, we have lots of things to uh, read and write and uh, see and uh, talk about. Yes, and speaking of culture, I think I like the. The, the emphasis on culture because we're all from different cultures and when yeah. I came here I think I was like experienced culture shock because in, in Nigeria personal space is not really like a thing everybody we, we come from this we are very communal like everybody's is, is a collectivistic culture so your stuff is my stuff and we share the same things like if you're staying in the same house we may not have known each other from anywhere but we're roommates or and so if you have a cup i can use it if you have spoons i can use it and i got to australia and i was really surprised because everybody's like my space my own my privacy and i'm like what in 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 nigeria like my mom wants to enter my room and she doesn't knock in fact she has a problem if i lock my room because she's like this is my house and i paid rent and you don't have any right to lock any door and you come here and discover that before you enter anybody's room, you have to knock. So it was, those things are like the normal things, but they are not normal in my own like country. And so you come to Australia and you have to start learning the definition of a new type of normal. And it's like you're born again, you have to learn everything, like social standards, interactions with people, because it's like you're born and you, you're used to different things back home and you come here and you have to like you know just the way they think and how they react to certain things it's just really okay there was this really interesting thing that happened one time there was this disabled person i went to eat out and there was a disabled person on the table like he couldn't walk or talk well and there was another person that was telling me she studied occupational therapy. So I was like, I've never heard of occupational therapy before. What do you guys do in occupational therapy? And she pointed at the disabled person on, on the table and, and she was like, we help people like him. And I'm like, what is that? Because in my culture, you don't see disabled people and tell them to their faces that you're disabled. Like you try to make them feel like they're among. And I know you do the same thing in Australia. It's just that she was very like forward and she was very direct. Direct, exactly. And directness is not something that I'm used to. Everybody has to be diplomatic and vague and you know, color the truth, paint it, make it look very politically correct. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that for me was was really shocked. Interesting that you mentioned a uh, culture shock. Um, Sydney happens to be the fifth city that I've lived in. Um, uh, trying to think. I'm from Singapore, but I mean, even Singapore itself, it's the pledge uh, prides itself in regardless of race, language, or religion. Mm-hmm. But I moved overseas in 2001 mm-hmm. uh, to the United States. I think that was my biggest culture shock. Spent five years there. Moved in 2000. Wow. 2006 to Taiwan, Taipei, 2008 to Beijing, Mm -hmm. then 2011, I moved back to Singapore, did my uh, polytechnic college Mm -hmm. and my national service or enlisted um, Air Force, Mm -hmm. and then came here in 2018. So San Francisco, Singapore, 
Taipei, Beijing, Sydney, number five. And I feel like for me, it's easier. The more time you spend overseas, being able to adjust to the culture shock, I feel it's more like a reverse culture shock. Every time I go back home, it's like I am the walking, talking culture shock. Just simply because <laughs> I'm so direct. Like I, I know podcasting is an audio medium, but if people look at me, I have this very bright neon hair that will glow in black lights.、Mm-hmm. And here it's totally normal. But back home, you will have like old people and young people. That stare at you like you're the spawn <laughs> of Satan, and it is the funniest thing. And I deliberately do it. Like some, I, I did the when I finished my、uh, army, I literally dyed my hair this super bright neon yellow color <laughs> just to mess with people, and it is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and I think for me, it's easier to adjust. Like living overseas versus living at home. How about you,、uh, Kenny? How how was your、um, experience just... like comparing living in China versus living here in Australia? Uh, actually, I really agree with、uh, Nefimi just said.、Uh, yeah. He said that, and and actually, and、uh, living here, you feel more and、uh, like in private and、uh, individual, individual, and 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 I I would like to mention、uh, a movie which was、uh, recently on Shu, and it calls、uh, Farewell. And it, actually, it is a, a movie to experience a culture shock. And、mm-hmm. uh, I remember one words in it.、Uh, it is really、um, I, I really agree with it. That that is called、uh, and well in、uh, China the culture is about a group and about the family. Well,、uh, in the Western country, the culture is more about an individual and、mm-hmm. private. And so maybe people in And just like the Australia people, they focus on more about、uh, yeah, individual the yeah individual ones and themselves. And I remember just、uh, several days ago, I talked about a a a, a student in in、uh, Macquarie, and、uh, he told me that he just、uh, separate with her、uh, family for a long time because they 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 don't just、uh, need to.、Mm, uh, They just、uh, set up to many relationship with each other, and had、uh, uh, just、uh, come back、uh, several times.、Uh, maybe after several years, he come back、uh, home.、Oh. Yeah. So、uh, I I really feel、um, shocked about it. Actually, <laughs> I, I I suppose that well in China the culture will more focus on the family and the people will connect with each other and and、uh, I suppose maybe it just、uh, the culture from the And a city and the countryside. It just、uh, a little like this. Maybe the culture, and、uh, more like the countryside. They just、uh, connect with each other more, and because the people they familiar with each other, uh, and uh, well, people live in the countries, especially the metropolitans. They、mm-hmm. often、uh, just、uh, live in the. Studio、uh, of themselves, and they just、uh, keep away from each other. So,、mm-hmm. uh, I suppose it's just like a ph- phenomenon of the、um, con- contemporary. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, well, I I was think more about it uh, uh, when I、uh, experience some culture shock. I think it's really interesting.、Mm-hmm. That's the funniest thing too. I realized that.、Um, All my friends, especially Singaporeans, we just tend to gravitate to our own 
country people. I'm, I'm like, why are you in Australia? Yes, yes, exactly. But well, you can just make some of your friends <laughs> back home. So you see, you see people from. It's it's very true. You see people from a particular like continent or group, and they're all working together, and they're all working together, and like it's just. If you if you left your country to come to another place, then why not just meet other people and not yeah. like I feel like what's the point in leaving Nigeria if I come to Australia and all my friends are Nigerians? Like exactly, it doesn't it doesn't give you the kind of exposure that you want. So meet new people from everywhere and every continent and all over the world and get to know what it is that you know makes them happy. What they think of their own normal what they are used to like if you were just moving with asians and you know people from from china how would you have known that there was somebody that didn't talk to his family for years and you see that kind of yeah. thing you get to meet new people and it expands your worldview i'm all for like i'm always not very you know i'm always reluctant to just talk to nigerians alone like right. if if i meet somebody and they're african and they're nigerians I try not to just, you know, make sure that I create a gap sometimes, except it's really necessary that we, we become friends because it's the mentality. So you get to a place and you you meet Nigerians and you just want to create a circle where it's just Nigerians. And before you know, there's this divide. So we are all in Australia, but we have Asians, we have Africans, we have, mm. you know, other, other, um, um, other, cultural groups and it's not it's not really the kind of world that i want let let everybody just you know mix and and get to know and that's why i'm really i'm really all for interracial marriages yeah. and all of that because it's you're, you're plugging into something that's bigger than yourself you it, it can be easy to like just hermetically seal yourself in this echo chamber where mm-hmm. you, the only voices you're hearing are people that agree with you you know exactly and I read this really interesting article on the conversation um, that said that recommends international students make as many local friends as you can, mm-hmm. like at least as many local friends as you have international friends. That way, at least it helps adjust the culture shock. But there's another thing in a co- in a country like Australia where it's really like culturally diverse. Yeah. Even locals are like not yeah. primarily Australians, so like. It's always very funny. So who is an Australian? Because, like, it's a question. Because you have a lot of people that come from all over the world and they were born here and they still have, yeah. like, like Jimmy is is Asian and he grew up in Australia and you hear him talk about Japanese and all these other things. Shout out to Jimmy, who's translator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and even, you... even Michelle, who is currently outside making sure no one disturbs us. <laughs> Exactly, and and Michelle is a really good example of what it is to be bigger than yourself because she's married to an to an Algerian, yeah, and and it's just really like interesting to to meet people that are open minded and are not just very because it shows that even as human beings and we're guided by stereotypes because you have to create stereotypes to function, you have to label something. Everything has a label, so you just label things and. But you see, people are willing to come out of those labels and expand, and there's nothing more noble, yes, than that. And it's just very interesting. Yeah, I really agree with it. Uh, I suppose that more, the more you connect with it, uh, 
people from uh, different cultures, the more you will uh, become open mind yes. and you don't be, be so uh, just uh, structured in your own world and own culture. And uh, sometimes we judge other people just because that we don't really understand them. Mm-hmm. And we will just uh, uh, look at the appearance of them and some phenomenon we suppose, well, uh, I can't accept. But uh, if you try to uh, go into depths and uh, know more about the information and know more about that culture, you will, uh, even though you don't uh, you don't love it or you don't accept it, but you can understand it. Yes, yes. And I, I, when I was coming to Australia, I think one question that they asked me was, how would you live with somebody that didn't grow up in your background? And I found that question really funny because even if you're a Nigerian, you certainly didn't grow up under the same roof I grew up in. And even Nigerians have conflicting ideas. So like coming to a place like Australia that is like very culturally diverse, you may not agree with everything they believe with, but you kind of understand and I think that's the humanness in us connecting with other people and understanding that fundamentally we don't all come from the same place. We don't all have the same beliefs and what may be right to you and you have your own reasons why it's right to you may not be right to me and your own truth. Exactly. And funny enough, I had a conversation with my dad some time ago and the question was what is truth? What actually is truth? Truth is relative and it's subjective and it's it's your own truth may not be my own truth and my truth may not be your truth and it's just it just it just comes to like accepting everybody for who they are and not having the sense that you're better than somebody because of your truth yeah and i feel you to give an analogy it's like Mm -hmm. okay three plus four is seven Mm -hmm. but what's to say two plus five is not seven what's to say one plus six is not seven. What's exactly. to say zero plus seven is not, not seven? What's mm-hmm. not to say fourteen minus seven mm-hmm. is not seven? <laughs> you know, and and I think because all of those are true. I, I heard this really interesting uh, story once uh, about three blind men um, that surrounded an elephant, and they were told to feel and see what the elephant feels like. Someone touched the tusk, and it was like, oh, the elephant feels like. What's a good? What's a good? Uh, analogy for ivory feels like bone mm-hmm. uh, then someone else touched the little tail at the end and says oh it feels like some bush mm-hmm. then someone touched the legs and says oh it feels like a tree mm-hmm. so would you say you're yeah. wrong yeah. they're all they're correct all right. yes. exactly <laughs> yes. yeah and it's and that's the thing like uh, mm-hmm. how do I segue this really nicely <laughs> I feel like I have this love-hate relationship with the question where are you from mm-hmm. I'm like do you want to tell me where I'm geographically from where am I where does my because my accent just literally changes depending on who I'm talking to and <laughs> every time I, I get this ridiculous anxiety when there's this immigration form for Australia it's the 157A mm-hmm. uh, and it asks you to fill in some form of permanent address mm-hmm. and I'm just like <gasps> what is my permanent address because <laughs> I'm like don't tell you where I'm born where I've lived because and then the best part is um, people ask me where are you born where Singapore. <laughs> and then I was like, but then I lived overseas so much so that I feel more at home overseas than I do in Singapore, in Singapore which is really strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like um, even as a minority, like back home, um, 76.2% of Singaporeans are Chinese, mm-hmm. making them the majority. Mm-hmm. And you don't really feel this minority othering. 
mm-hmm. don't feel like the other until you come to a place where people have these caricatures of oh no talk a bit more like that you don't get a 99.48 you fail you know and then people are like this is stereotype where you do kung fu and you eat ramen and I'm just like you don't do maths I'm like no I, I, I did need it specifically to avoid mathematics mm-hmm. and for like I mean for a country that's founded on immigrants on colonialism you know it's interesting to me how like the term immigrant just has been demonized in a way it's become like a bad thing I'm like especially talk nowadays in politics uh, not to mention a specific orangutan who is in the US Oval Office right now <laughs> but like it's what's wrong like for a country founded on immigrants it's a good thing mm-hmm. it's funnily enough I'm wearing a shirt that says immigrants we get the job yeah. done <laughs> you can't I know people listening to this won't be able to, to see this but I'm wearing a shirt that says immigrants we get the job done which is a uh, tagline from a very popular musical yeah. um, of which I'm writing my thesis on right now Hamilton yes um, but I feel like it's really strange because in Australia Back in the uh, in one of um, our other units, eight two two, we had to do this journal report, uh, and the current issue, uh, which I'm reviewing, is on Mianjin, which is a Brisbane-based um, magazine, and Mianjin is actually the Aboriginal word for, I think, spike, which is where current CBD Brisbane stands on, and the cover essay talks about um, this very strange tension because he, the person who wrote the essay, is Filipino. But living in Australia, he's the token Asian. Mm-hmm. But then when he goes back to the Philippines, in my case, when I go back to Singapore, I become the quote-unquote token Australian because mm-hmm. of my experience firsthand living in that nation. So when you look in the mirror, in Asia, you're Australian. In Australia, you're Asian. And then you look in the mirror and you see two different faces. And I feel like, how, like, how, how would you describe this weird tension? Like, yeah, it's, balancing it's, it's that. Not, it's not something that I have... It's not my reality, but I'm trying to picture what you feel like if, if I if if I spend a lot of time in Australia and mm-hmm. I'm still the African and I go back to Africa and I'm still the Australian. I really don't know what it is going to feel like because everybody has to have a sense of belonging wherever they are. You have to feel like you're part of the community and that they see you as part of the community, and that's why like. There's something the word immigrants does to me. It just makes me feel like you're displaced. Like you're displaced yeah. in in another person's like you're a foreigner that's been displaced. You you didn't come for pleasure or sightseeing. You fled your country for some reasons to come and, you know, find shelter in, in, in land of other people. And personally it's just I ask myself, would I be addressed as an immigrant if my country was, you know, very conducive for people like me, people like me that want more, and I'm not just, you know, I'm not, I'm not just looking for how to just sit down and eat three square meals and that's okay. People like me that want to contribute to the society and and leave this place better than I left it because Nigeria is, at the moment, I don't, I feel like Nigeria is a long way like a long way from freedom in the, in in every sense of the word and so you come to another place and right now I'm not feeling at home I go back to my country and I'm disappointed at what I call home so Same. I think yes so I, I think that's 
that for me is the conflict I'm facing. Like, where do I belong? Do you feel like you belong in Australia? No, I don't feel like I belong in Australia. How about you, Connie? Um, yeah, I have the same feeling. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I sometimes suppose that it, 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 uh, it is uh, because of the culture. You, you just uh, have some uh, roots in your cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though how, uh, how long you stay outside and stay overseas, but uh, you, you often connect with your culture because some roots things. Um, I, I just did for example, uh, I remembered um, I read uh, a person uh, who called Yu Qiu and uh, uh, he wrote a lot of uh, things and, and in uh, Western culture and also uh, in Chinese culture. And I suppose uh, he said that uh, when he's still young, he would like to read lots of the Western culture and Western literature. But uh, when they getting old, they uh, found out he uh, more want to come back to Chinese culture. So I suppose that it may be just uh, uh, some things that rooted in your uh, own mind and your own mm-hmm. heart and uh, even you just uh, move uh, out and go out overseas and stay there and uh, just regard it as your home but you still have some connection with them. Uh, your own culture. I suppose it, it is really hard to get rid of it. Yeah. Someone once told me um, be, be, being uh, overseas is like a kite because kites can only fly high and free because they have an anchor, they have a tether to the ground. And I feel like a home country can, like being anchored to that allows you to be like freer and higher. It's so cliche, oh my gosh. Uh, but like it also grounds them in this like home soil, you know? Um, people don't really fly kites back home simply because of how densely packed it is. But I think it was interesting, Ayanifemi, you mentioned about um, Nigeria being far from free. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, a lot of Western culture feels the same thing about China as well. What do you have mm-hmm. to say about that? Uh, um, you, you mean far from free? In terms of like um, communism and perceived like stereotypes yeah, of how it doesn't uh, yeah. feel like people can express freely. I mean, Facebook is blocked. Uh, yeah. YouTube is blocked. What's up? Yeah. We call yeah. it we call it the Great Firewall of China. So, uh, yeah. how, how, can you uh, comment a bit about like in terms uh, of like freedom of the people? And actually, um, these days, especially, and some some things about Hong Kong. So yeah. uh, I I read lots of news on the Twitter or Facebook that said some uh, freedom things about China. Um, actually, um, just like this, um, I I just stay in China, but you know we can use some ways to. Uh, get access to the Facebook and uh, the, uh, just like VPN, yeah, we mm-hmm. can use this to connect with the uh, outside world. So, and I suppose that the children, uh, not children, the, the people just uh, at my age, uh, they can uh, just know more about the world and, uh, and not just uh, like the uh, overseas um, side that uh, they don't know uh, about the overseas. Uh, some comments or some uh, news uh, they just uh, and, and was confined by the government actually um, we, we can and uh, if we want to we can just uh, connect with uh, uh, overseas things and uh, uh, actually I suppose we have the um, uh, 
uh, we have the critical uh, about the government things. We, we, we are not accept all the things on the government side and we, we can clarify which one is the truth. But uh, I don't mean that the government says all the things is wrong. They just say something is right, but maybe something they don't want the people know, so yeah. it maybe has some yeah, com- confined. But and actually, as we know that um, each um, government, they may have this kind of things. They, they may have some things they don't want their um, citizens knows because um, that is politics, right? Yeah. Do, you, do you think the citizens have a right to know? And I suppose that the citizens have the right to know. And, but I suppose that, um, yeah, and if um, as a citizen and we have the right and we have, uh, um, we, we need to be critical to different uh, um, politic uh, things and news we should uh, yeah, just uh, have our opinions and uh, uh, our own and uh, uh, opinions of some news we, we shouldn't uh, just uh, uh, believe in and uh, actually I don't think uh, we should believe in and other the uh, news from the government or the news from the overseas uh, when uh, I think we should um, look different opinions and uh, uh, just have our judgment about it yeah so that's really important for uh, yeah for the teenagers nowadays I suppose yeah. Yeah, so like it's interesting what what Cornelia said that you don't just Take what the government says, who client and think are you, like take from everybody and what they have to say, and then you come to your own conclusion. Speaking of conclusions, what <laughs> what conclusions people make about you when they see you? Like what have you experienced when people see you and you're Singaporean and you're an Asian, what what kind of conclusions do, do they automatically make about you in your mind and that they let you know? For me, uh it's the stereotype of being smart. Plot twist, I'm not. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that I'm not funny. Plot twist, I am. <laughs> and I guess, how do I say this? It's it's really weird in the mm-hmm. sense that I think the one thing I get a lot is, oh, wow, your English is so good. So and, they expect your English not to be right? good. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, and I, I, I immediately reply. I have this pre-programmed response. Why, thank you. I think it's 200 years of colonial British history. I'm surprised your history is so bad. <laughs> and I, I realize that comes off as super sassy, but I just I just live for that kind of moment. But um, I think languages in general is just a strange thing. Uh, for example, not just English in uh, Mandarin. Uh, it's a lot harder to learn Mandarin. Like, like, how do you even learn Mandarin? That's the funny <laughs> the, thing. The, the best part, I'm, you know. I'm saying, I'm saying like, I, I, like I said earlier, you can't see French yeah. and make a fool of yourself yeah. just pronouncing it because you can actually pronounce what is written. But you see Mandarin and I'm <laughs> like, what are these boxes? Mandarin, Mandarin is. And shapes. <laughs> like, you can say something because everyone says mama is mom, right? Ma? Yeah. Mama. Uh-huh. But if you mispronounce it, Ma is also horse, so it could be like. So uh, how? Yeah. Okay, so here I is my horse. The, the, yeah. There's different intonations. Yeah. There's da, da, So how do you da, say mama da. in yeah. Mandarin? So what's mama? Uh, mama. Mama. Yeah. And how do you say horse? <laughs> ma. Ma. 
<laughs> ma. It's, we always say it, it's yeah. different inflections and accents. Yeah. There's one who goes straight up, down, and down. Yeah, and it's just because ter- you mispronounce it. Well, your mom is a horse. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's it's me. Really, I've always I've always thought of myself as not being good with languages. Like <laughs> no, not at all. I'm not even. I'm not good with uh, speaking my own like language. Or I can language. convincingly swear in six languages. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Six swear words in my language. Oh, no. It's really impressive. So, 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 go on, let's let's hear you swear in six languages. Oh no! Don't put me on the spot now. No, um, I can swear, well, but no, I don't want to swear because it is a podcast and children might be listening to oh, this. Okay. <laughs> right. But just as a third culture kid, you know, just 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 uh, trying to navigate that tension because people stereotypically think my English is crap. That's the closest swearing you'll get here. Um, but even in Chinese, there's the word xiao. Xiao means small, but then yeah. if you write it, it looks small. Oh yeah. And big is da, which basically if you look at it, you just Google uh, big in Chinese. It looks really big, yeah. small and big. Uh, I'm doing the actions. It makes it look like I'm doing like a star jump for the people who are listening <laughs> in right now. Um, but how do I say it? Because when I lived in America, I had to learn Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you don't learn Chinese. No one speaks Chinese except for the Asian people in America. But then when I moved to study in the British school, I had to learn a bit of French. Uh, convincingly and conveniently enough, I have forgotten most of my French and Spanish. The first things you learn in any language are hello, this goodbye, way, thank uh, you, yeah. do you speak English, yeah. and then all the swear words. Yes. <laughs> I think, I think in, in, in Nigeria, where I'm from, like you have over 250 oh, indigenous Lord. languages. Yes, oh. so like it's you, you could you could be Nigerian and know how to speak five different languages in Nigeria, and that's really impressive because I'm Yoruba. Like I'm from the majority group, and we have Igbos, we have Hausas, we have Fulanis, we have Tiv Itilubi. And the funny thing different is different dialects. Yes, yeah. different dialects, and that's the thing. 250 dialects. And wow. 250 because I'm not trying to make Nigeria look crazy right now. <laughs> so oh, there are different dialects everywhere. Yeah. yeah, so 250 dialects. And so I just gave up on learning language in my country because I, I grew up in like all the four geographical zones in, in Nigeria. So we have the north, the south, east and west. And because of my dad's job, he was transferred to basically everywhere in the country. And so like I kind of see myself as cosmopolitan. Because, mm. like, a part of me has fragments of myself are uh, everywhere, like, in Nigeria. So you can talk about the North, and I have something to say. The South, I have something to say. So I didn't basically see myself as not traveled, you know, because I was, like, very well traveled in my own country. And then I left Africa and went to some other places in Africa, and then I came here to Australia. And for the very first time, I felt like, like a very untraveled person, if that's anything, <laughs> because you're just learning, and the the Western world is like is it's very different. So you're just learning everything, and it's really fresh and very. It makes you feel like you don't even know anything. Like I said, to question my understanding of the English language when I got here, so somebody's talking, and I'm not hearing a thing you're saying, and so I'm like, but I speak English. <laughs> you know, what's the best part though? It's, it's the accent. Yeah, especially in Singapore, where I'm from, like there is a whole melting pot 
Uh, we call it rojak. Rojak is a nas- is one of our national dishes. Just basically a bunch of fried fruit and everything just mashed together. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what all the languages are. Uh, Singlish, which is the Singaporean Creole or mm-hmm. patois, the accent of English, mm-hmm. um, can fit. And that's the funny thing too, because my accent changes and vacillates depending on who I'm talking my to. My accent me- doesn't change. This is me. You put me in a room full of my nation's people. And you and start I, speaking. I, I, I just talk about it. I immediately talk about it like that. I, I give you for example. Nah. They, woman, always makan a kopi their one. What? That is a combination of at least seven languages. They is Tamil. Woman, Mandarin. Paktor. Yeah. Paktor is uh, Cantonese, which is dialect from Guangzhou, right? Oh, yeah. Always, always. So is that like, is that like the lingua franca in Yeah. Singapore? It's yeah. a mish, mish, blah, 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 a mishmash of everything. Uh, they, woman, pakta, always makan. Makan is Malay. Uh, at, kopi and tiam. Kopi tiam is one word, but it's two different languages. Kopi, Malay, for coffee. Tiam, uh, hokkien, kaka. And then one is just, like, um. It's, it's a verbal crutch. So, and that's the cool part because it fits all seven languages. Mm-hmm. Just the linguistic diversity mm-hmm. of it just fits everything all in one. And it's so weird. Creates a um, um, linguistic confusion. And then you come <laughs> so, here. Yeah, and then yeah, you come yeah. here. You have people say, oh, four out. Like, you know, like, tell about you how you I'm just like, what? <laughs> in Nigeria, we all speak English. The funny thing is when I got here, I always saw myself as an English speaker. Fine, English is not my native language. <laughs> but I'm like, I speak English. I grew up speaking English. And I got here and somebody saw me and he was like, do you speak English? I was like, yes. Do you, do you, did you grow up speaking English? And I was like, yes. And he was surprised. And I was like very angry because the accent, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the accent. Please. I grew up speaking English. <laughs> I was taught in English. And you know, it's really funny when people see you and they make conclusions. So, like, there's this song going on by Lauren Diablo. Lauren Daigle, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so, so, I was singing her song and somebody was like, how do you know her song? And I'm like, I'm from Nigeria, not the bush, please. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and people just see you and they're wondering if you know, if you know who Ariana Grande is or if you know who all these people are. And they're still, so, it's very funny because Somebody was surprised that I eat banana taking peel off. Just assumed I eat banana like banana. So I'm a monkey too. Yes, really, really right. They have a lot of stereotypes. So when I got here initially, I used, used to get me angry. Now I just find it really amusing. <laughs> because I'm seeing how very myopic your thinking is. Yeah. And I feel like very blessed that like I don't think like that. I can't see somebody eating like a banana and think there are certain people that eat the banana without taking the peel off. Like it's just really funny. And I always tell people yeah. um, from back home, you really want to appreciate uh, a Singapore live outside of Singapore because mm-hmm. <laughs> then you really get this three D three dimensional view of what the world really is outside of because Singapore is really small. It's a little red dot on the map. Yeah. It you can drive from east to west end of the country in forty five minutes. Wow. So and twenty minutes from north to south. So wow. it's really small. Mm-hmm. And that way at least when you really broaden the scope of what you can study, it's why I chose to study in Australia. Simply because the limit and extent of what I could have studied regarding to media I have already studied mm-hmm. back home. So for example, I, I, like I said before, I volunteer at Community Radio. Community Radio does not exist 
in Singapore because the media is entirely owned by the government. Yes, community, community radio exists in, in Nigeria, but it's not just, we don't just know it as community radio. Yeah. Even stuff like this, podcasting, yes. there's not really a big podcasting yes. industry back home, yes. but here in Australia, mm-hmm. it's a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a mini personalized, customizable lecture in your ears because you're hearing what you want to hear. I mean, uh, assuming that you've gotten this far in the podcast, congratulations to listening to us BS for like 40-something <laughs> minutes. Um, assuming you've reached this far in the podcast, you are willingly choosing to listen to us banter about our international experience. Yeah. And by assumption and by inference, I'm assuming it's because you have a particular interest in learning about reading from a different culture. Mm-hmm. And you get to choose what you want to listen to selectively. And that's the thing I like about podcasts, but that's not a big thing back home. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's ah, it's listening to listen, especially podcasting. You're listening to listen and not mm-hmm, to respond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. It's just it's really weird because back home everyone just listens to respond. You want to say something, and it not doesn't make it really make you present in the moment. You know. I think some some mediums of communication encourage listening not to respond and i feel like it also affects relationships mm-hmm. because like i'm in a long distance relationship right now my boyfriend is thirteen thousand kilometers away from me so like when you're having phone conversations and you're having video calls you don't just listen to listen you have to listen and respond because everything he says needs a response from you to be sure that you're still at the other side of of, yeah. of the you know medium or whatever it is and you discover that when we are together because there's something called shared silence you could say something and i don't i don't have to respond because my presence alone is you know makes it easy because you could say something and i'm thinking about it and you can read my facial expression yeah. and you know that i'm thinking about it but you know, it's just really stressful right now being so far away from home, so far away from my family, from everybody that I love. And you have to listen to respond because that's really... And in the moment I just passed, I was listening to Jonathan. I was not thinking of responding because it's just really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really beautiful to listen and... Beautiful not, and me are not two words that are commonly yeah. put in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that when I come here, I, I become to a listener and then a speaker because um, the language problems. Mm, the yeah. language barrier, yeah. Yes. And uh, I, I actually, um, the people there, they just comment me. So, and so yeah, that I'm a quite, yeah, I'm a quiet person and Story I'm a good listener. <laughs> but, uh, it is <laughs> really Story different from life. what I in in my hometown, yeah, in China. And uh, at that, uh, when I was in China, I suppose that I'm an active person <laughs> and mm-hmm. I love uh, uh, sharing and mm-hmm. talking, but. Uh, uh, when I come, but I suppose that it is you're getting really out good. of your shell actually. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a good thing because mm-hmm. I and it, because you uh, and coming into a new culture and uh, uh, you can absorb the uh, more uh, materials and information from what other people say. So uh, if you can be a good listener and uh, you will. Let, 
just l listen and absorb the more things. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. And uh, and and I found that um, yeah, it's really interesting that to be a listener is really uh, good things I didn't notice before. Cause and I always be a. A, a, a person who likes sharing and talking so sometimes I will ignore something and uh, and, and I found that being a um, talk, uh, being a person who talking or uh, uh, sharing actually it is more press uh, for press but be a listener will be more <laughs> you, you you will feel quite easy and comfortable because you can just listen other people's things and and you can just uh, uh, absorb the information so. and it really influences the way you write doesn't it uh yeah well 